0: As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy.
2: Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood.
1: All right. You ready, babe?
2: Yep. Let's do it, mama.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast. I am so excited for today's birth story because it's one that inspired me in so many ways. So I think if I'm remembering correctly, because hashtag mom brain, we all know that I saw pictures of this birth process and experience on Instagram and immediately thought we have to have them on the show. And so here we are and that's what's happening. So we're chatting today with Amy and Mallory Caldwell, two mamas with an inspiring birth story to share of their son, Sebastian. And we get to hear about the insemination process. Also who was going to carry and be the gestational parent this time around because both women want to carry eventually and birth babies. uh, But Mallory got to go first this time and, just the the pregnancy process choosing a midwife also it was very important for them to choose a midwife that could support them and love them in a way that worked best for them and create that sense of community and so they were able to find a queer midwife that works in the LGBTQ community and how significant that was for them talk about the legality of home birth in different states and now how that impacts your process and your planning. And this birth story has some twists and turns and some back and forths. And I'm not going to give any spoilers. So I'm just going to let you listen in on what all of that had to offer and how baby Sebastian came into the world and he's here and just all of the awesomeness around that. So thank you so much to Amy and Mallory. And before we hop into that amazing story, I have to give a shout out to our amazing sponsor of today's episode, and that is Bump Boxes. Bump Boxes, if you haven't heard already, is a monthly pregnancy subscription service that is tailored to mom's due date. And each month, depending on the option that you choose, depending on your subscription, you get a box a bump box full of four to eight healthy full size products tailored to your due date. It's hassle-free as far as cancellations, returns, shipping, all of that great stuff. And I'm scrolling through their website right now and you have different options like month to month, three months, six months, or the full nine month shebang. And when you sign up for a subscription and use the code DIAH, you will receive 35% off your first box pretty awesome and pretty awesome also describes my bump box that i got to try out when um, we partnered up with bump boxes and this thing is chock full of awesome stuff you guys i can only imagine how exciting it would have been to get this box while i was pregnant but i'm still excited about it i'm not pregnant water bottles uh, natural lip balm lotions massagers all kinds of really cool things that I wish I was getting on a monthly basis while I was pregnant. So treat yourself or treat a mama you know to a Bump Bump Box subscription today. And like I said, with that code D-I-A-H for 35% off your first box. So go do that. Trust me, you're going to love it. Okay. Without any further ado, our conversation with Amy and Mallory Caldwell. Hey, Amy and Mallory, welcome to the Doing It At Home podcast.
3: Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks.
2: We're super pumped. We appreciate you all carving out some time and bringing little baby Sebastian along for the ride. So thank you again. Yeah,
4: yeah definitely. We're very excited. Mm-hmm.
1: So before we hop into baby Sebastian and how he came to be, and that's why we're all gathered here, basically, um, can you tell us just a little bit about yourselves and where you live and what you're up to?
4: Yeah, um, so uh, I'm Amy. Um, Hi, I'm Mallory. Mallory. Yeah, that's my wife Mallory. Um, we live in Ohio. Um, we own a dog walking company here, and um, yeah, I mean that's what we do. This is our first baby. Um, we've got three cats and uh, two chickens.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So when I love it. when you said dog walking company, both of our eyes lit up because we're like, oh, why can't they live here? Why can't we live there? <laughs>
2: Uh we totally looked at each other yeah
3: we 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 like it a lot yeah
2: what's the name of the company
4: uh we will teach dog walking um and it's it's a pretty good like um i love being outside so being out and being able to walk dogs is pretty nice and it it gives mallory the freedom to stay at home
3: with the baby so Mm -hmm. just do office work so it's nice
1: that's awesome. Love, it. love couples that work together, too. Definitely yeah. vibe yeah. with that. Um, so when you all decided to start growing your family, what were those conversations and what what did you guys see initially as your options and eventually choose as far as um, bringing in baby Sebastian Earthside?
3: Yeah. Well, we, we had discussed starting a family. We were going to start talking about it after we got married, um, which was a couple years ago. And after the honeymoon, we were home. We were settled back in, and we were just sitting here one day. and We were like, "Oh, we should probably start talking about having a kid because you know that's what our our plan was." Um, so really, the only option we had. I mean, we we talked about doing like a known donor, um, but then you know if they came out with the quirks that our friends had, it would just be weird. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> <laughs> So we actually we went through a um a sperm bank up here. Um it's called the Cryobio. It's I guess it's pretty popular. Um people come from all over to uh, to, to donate and to then purchase sperms. So And they
4: ship out too, but um since they're local, it was really convenient because we were able to just before the pro- like we just would go and pick it up and then just take it right to the doctor. So we didn't have to worry about like any sort of shipping or uh. purchasing beforehand. It was just, um, like, you bought, like, one vial, and you took it to the doctor, and you saw, um, but we started, um, we decided, so we both are going to
3: carry, Mm -hmm.
4: um, but Mallory's older, so we just thought, okay, we'll just start there, (laughs) so.
3: Yeah, it was a super bizarre process, though, because... It's it, it's basically like the website was like Tinder for sperm. <laughs> um, wow, like you could see profiles and you know silhouettes of them, and you could just like swipe left or right, like whichever one you wanted. We just filtered through until we find the right one. But we
4: we um, we're looking for someone that um, they they do essays to someone that you know seemed like jives well, seemed like they were donating for the right purpose, like. Um, you know, had a good energy to them and then someone that um, kind of looked like both of us because we wanted to use the same donor for all of our kids so that mm-hmm. they kind of had like a genetic link as well um, since we'd be two different carriers.
1: That's, wow, that's really cool. So you both, just so that I'm clear, you both wanted to carry. Mallory goes first in this round and yeah. to ensure that you can have that same donor sperm, do you have some sort of agreement for when you do eventually want to carry Mary, uh, Amy? Wow. Carry, (laughs) carry Amy, or, you know, what's that like to make sure that you have the same donor sperm?
4: Yeah. They, um, so they only allow five, like family births within a radius just because like it's donor sperm and they don't want like any kind of complications. Yeah. People with the same genetics. Um, so and then they also tell you when, like, the supply is getting
3: low, essentially. And then you can, like, buy it in bulk, basically, and they store it there for you for when you need it.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, great. But um,
3: so far, since there's
4: plenty left, we haven't had to do that. Um, but we're keeping an eye on it just in case so that we can still have that going forward.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. So once you, you know, went that route, you guys did IUI, correct? And that's intrauterine insemination. Do I have that right? Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah. So they essentially like, um, they, it's just the sperm. So they like spin out the semen and freeze it. And then they thaw it and they, they feed like a catheter in, um, through your cervix and rid right of the uterus. Yeah. And then they put it straight into the uterus. So. Um, we go into the office to do that, but I got to, they have like a plunger to like push the sperm in and I was able to do that. they they let me push the plunger.
2: That's cool.
1: <laughs> that is so neat. Yeah. And so Mallory, what was that, um, process and experience like of going through the inseminations and, you know, preparing to, to be pregnant? How was that for you?
3: Um, I mean, preparing for it was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You know, you just took prenatals, took care of yourself, um, you know, just kind of prepared your body for it. Um, you didn't
4: do any medication. Yeah, I didn't do
3: any uh, medications to, to help us get pregnant. It Okay. Was just, we just walked the sperm went in and had it done. Um, but the, the process itself was was um, slightly painful because, you know, they, they they bypass your cervix altogether and go straight into your uterus. So as soon as that sperm hit, your uterus you kind of contract and it's just it's a really painful experience um but i mean it took us three tries um the second try we early miscarried um and then third third try was a charm amy and the uh, doctor actually high-fived afterwards so it was uh, it was a pretty good experience <laughs> sealed yeah. the deal it was pretty, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah and the, the two-week wait with um sebastian's pregnancy was very peaceful um yeah we both felt really good about it um It was, we had good vibes the whole time and it was like, I knew, uh, that it
3: would be positive. Like I just, I, I felt really good. Yeah, we both did. It was good.
2: So (laughs) were, were you all prepared sort of emotionally and mentally that it might take a few tries?
3: Yeah. When we, when we did the initial consult with the OB office that did the information, um, we we were told it would be an average of seven tries. Oh wow! Five to, seven. Okay. Five to seven was was the norm before it would take. So we we actually got lucky with three.
4: Um, so. I think the hardest part is not knowing when it would take.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
4: Because if I knew going into it it'd be three tries, I, the emotional like toll it took mm-hmm. wouldn't be as hard. But to not know and to like have like it fail is is really like it's yeah. tough, especially when you're. It, you're not just like having sex to have a baby you're you're shelling out money and going to the doctor and doing the weight um yeah. and just sort of like you know we couldn't just keep trying a, a bunch of times it was one one time a month mm-hmm. or every we ended up ha- like it was like two months between tries mm-hmm. um and it okay. yeah it's It's hard, but like then once, like as soon as it took, it was just like, oh, like, and like looking back on it, it doesn't seem as like, um, part of a process, but when you're in it,
3: you're really in it. Yeah. The emotional toll of it is is a lot.
1: Wow. Now through this experience, were you able to connect with any other families going through similar circumstances or had you connected with any other moms, you know, going through IUI? Um, what was, were you able to have any sort of support like that?
3: um
4: sort of um our friends who had just gotten married they are a queer couple as well and they were going through the process um they're actually still going through the process um it's been pretty hard on them Mm -hmm. so we are but we're the only um couple that we know that have done like um that have done like um the IUI procedure and have had success so far um and since it, it was only three tries, it it was really like uh, we just leaned on each other and oh he's wet okay, okay. Um, sorry we have a, a diaper change situation.
1: <laughs> I get it.
4: <laughs> no worries. He gets mad anytime he gets wet, like even if he's in a di- like a stay dry cloth diaper, he just he cries as soon as he pees. Hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, yeah, so um, the IUI process, since we weren't, um, we didn't end up doing it for as long as we thought, um, we sort of just leaned on each other and would talk through it um, and just, like, talk about options and, um, you know, try and um, stay in the moment, um, enjoy our time as, like, a a twosome without any kind of um, baby or pregnancy and we we tried to do like a lot of like um, going out and spending time the two of us and trying not to dwell on it because it can really um, take over just your thoughts and your feelings and a, a lot of who you are if you get really stuck in the process so we did our best to not stress about it too much knowing that it could take you know six months nine months. Um, and then we just got, um, lucky when it happened after the third, third try,
1: but. That's amazing. And so once you were pregnant and it seems like this pregnancy was, was keeping, you mentioned, you know, as we talked a little bit before, um, connecting that you didn't always think home birth, but eventually at a certain stage, somewhere around week 16 or so, you which mm-hmm. home birth. What was that um, decision-making process, and how did the shift happen?
4: Yeah, um, so we originally, um, we knew the OB. Um, my mom is a nurse practitioner and teaches at the college near here, so she is friends with, like, a lot of people in family medicine and practice. So the OB that we did the consult with about the IUI and the practice we were with um, we just sort of called them um when we like when we had a positive test um and you know like most people like you just like i don't know call your ob and yeah. go in and just sort of start i think like you had a similar thing like i don't know yeah. i'm pregnant like i guess i just call the ob again like, <laughs> go in get a confirmation like what do i do um and it's super weird because in the beginning, you know, like there's nothing you really can do, but you feel like you should be doing a lot. So You're like, what do I do? Like, who do I call? Um, and so, yeah, we just called the OB, um, started going to the OB. Um, and they had midwives. Um, so we were interested in using the midwives. And we started doing hospital tours. Um, and we um, we actually, we toured the hospital we ended up really liking. Um, And that's the hospital we, you know, ultimately ended up delivering Sebastian at. Um, But it just, we ended up, um, so we thought we would stick with them. We thought we'd maybe go to that hospital. But when we started looking for a doula, um, the first doula we met with, um, I think she actually listens to your podcast, but she was like, "Um, everything you're saying sounds like you'd be really, like, happier delivering at home. I was like, okay, like, and we had, um, watched the business of being born. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, um, you know, we talked to one of my friends who had had a home birth in Michigan about her experience and sort of just, Um, started looking into options and what that would look like for us.
3: Well, the more we talked to the OV office we were at, the the more that I was not, I was very uncomfortable with the way that they went about things, the amount of interventions that they were, you know, going to have regardless of a healthy or not pregnancy. Um, And I just, the the less interventions, the better for me. So home birth was really a no brainer. Mm -hmm. So, um,
4: and then we had, uh, we met with the doula we ultimately used, and she had suggested, actually, I think uh, pretty much everyone we talked to suggested we talked to who we eventually used for a midwife, um, because she's a queer woman, works a lot in the LGBTQ community, um, and is just, I mean, she's a really great person in general, Um and so we kind of were like, all right, like let's meet with Rachel and see what we think. And then we met with her and we were like yep. in love. So like, okay, yeah, like home birth is like, this is where we should be like, because she does, um, you know, like the appointments in our home, um, and it was super comfortable, like you know, longer appointments instead of just the in out kind of rotation, um, a lot more personable and, um, it was just a, a, a better feeling all around. So, um, you know, we had, so we had met with the doulas and we, um, just kind of started transitioning into the thought of home birth. And once we met with Rachel, we were sold. Yeah. So.
1: That's so cool. That's so exciting. And then what was any sort of response or, uh, feedback from friends or family on the home birth decision?
3: <laughs> um, most of our friends, they were like, "Oh, we, we pretty much expected you guys to have you know, the home birth round. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like, if you met us, like, you know, our, our house is a very old lady, and it, we're just we're just those kind of people. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um. Actually, when we were planning on a
4: hospital birth, we had met with our friends, and she was like, "Really? Because they paid you for home birth, yeah. people." Yeah. <laughs>
3: um. The my parents were were pretty supportive. Um. You know, they thought it was weird that I was pregnant more or less but um uh just because you know 31 and you know gay and never had had kids before so um but your mom
4: more well, answer more like masculine like you're right. not a typical lady yeah
3: but your mom being a nurse she had some reservations about it in the beginning. yeah mm. she was not
4: super keen on it and made her very uncomfortable she worked in the NICU um for years when I was younger and before she had me um and you know I had shoulder so like for her birth like for me um so like her experience with that and just like seeing you know preemies and NICU babies I think just like kind of colored her vision mm-hmm. of birth um to be like a scarier thing um so she was not terribly on board. Um, and also it, so in Ohio, home birth isn't legal. Yeah. It's not illegal, but they don't work well like midwives aren't like they're not they can't make like yeah, they can't get licensed. So the um they don't Like, it's hard to work with a midwife in conjunction with, like, a hospital transfer and some things like that because of the legality. So it becomes a bit uh, more complicated. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. that just always continues to amaze me how it varies state to state and you know some of the ability or inability to connect and you know collaborate in terms of care uh and if there does need to be a transition of care how that can be that's just that's interesting and i feel like it adds an unneeded element to an experience of pregnancy and birth planning you know for the for the oh, family it, it totally does
4: especially when it's just like all about like legality issues and logistics, and you know, it, it puts a few like kinks in the, in the road to birth and um, makes it a little more complicated and where it shouldn't need to be. Mm-hmm.
2: So did you all have to do anything different with your prep, given the state of home birth in Ohio?
4: Um, I don't think so, um, but I mean, we've only ever done... Ohio home birth um we did have to um,
3: find you a Rogan shot elsewhere oh yeah that was that was tough because I'm my, I'm RH negative and the donor used positive um, so I had to get a, a Rogan shot but they wouldn't no doctor would write for it to be filled at a pharmacy for the midwives to give it to us because they're not doctors technically in their eyes. So, and the midwives
4: couldn't write for it because they're not licensed here. Yeah. So we had to kind of like find, we ended up finding like a low cost prenatal care that where you were, not where they didn't do hospital delivery.
3: Yeah. I um, just did prenatal and postnatal care and that was it. And so we were able to get in with them and to, get the shot when I was yeah, 28 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, it was
4: um, tough in the moment because it was yeah. one thing that we really couldn't quite figure out because the midwives don't have that kind of access here and it was something that um we didn't want to not have
2: yeah. got it okay
3: save big money now on new siding from lp smart side at menards update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless
0: colors of pre-finished engineered siding it's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on
3: Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at
2: Menards.
1: One thing I want to touch on, um, Amy, I know we emailed about this a little bit, um, but I'd love to hear for audience and other families and mamas, you know, like you guys. Um, there were some... I guess you could call it challenges around Mallory, you know, being pregnant and you know searching for clothes. Or you know, you said that sometimes people didn't even really realize you were pregnant. Can you share a little bit about that?
4: You said searching for clothes in Mallory's basement. Oh God! Oh,
1: <laughs> don't remind me.
4: <laughs> it was um, well because maternity clothes in particular are very expensive. Yes, and you wear pretty much exclusively men's
3: clothing yeah it's just is what i'm comfortable in you know and so i mean we did thrift stores We actually even went to some maternity shops to see if we, they had anything that i could use but the women's t-shirts like the the sleeves are just so small and short like i felt like i was like the hulk in them and um <laughs> You know, pants were just so tight, and I just, I, I was miserable trying to find clothes. I wound up pretty much living in sweatpants and so, basketball shorts. We
4: did sweatpants, basketball shorts, and we'd go to the thrift store and try and find men's shirts that were, like, extra long mm-hmm. so that they didn't, like, become belly shirts. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, And it did take a long time. No one really um,
3: talked to you about being
4: pregnant. It wasn't
3: until the very end. We were about two weeks out from him being born when the first person was like, oh, my gosh, when are you due? Mm. Because I think people just thought I was an angry, overweight man (laughs) walking around because, you know, so it was just like, you know, baggy basketball shorts, baggy t-shirts and just this belly and nobody really thought anything of it. So. Wow. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> how did, how did that feel? Did that create anything for you as far as any sort of emotional impact or was it frustrating, you know, or, and, and how did you experience pregnancy?
3: Oh, uh, the, the clothes situation was, was very difficult for yeah. me. Um, I had several breakdowns. I mean, going shopping was miserable. I mean, we'd walk into a store and I knew right away, I wasn't going to, wasn't going to see anything I liked. And it was just, the 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 clothes aspect of it was was really tough for me and you know i think that it's silly this day and age that there's not a market for like uh butch pregnant women Mm.
2: um
3: that's
4: just my personal opinion um or anywhere that you can like not even online like there's uh, nowhere to find anything um and we're not crafty so we can't like sew or make it um and it just became, um, a thing. And even your mom thought it was, she, like, when you told her you were pregnant, she was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause I can't picture you pregnant. Right. And it was like, well, I am, um, yeah. so. <laughs> picture it. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need to picture it. It's happening. Right.
3: Um, but it was, uh. Yeah, but, but the actual pregnancy itself, I, I was very okay with. Mm. Um, it was actually really smooth sailing um, for me, um, as far as you know, morning sickness and emotions go. I had none. Basically, I was just kind of. You're pretty
4: even keel. Yeah. you were pretty much was like you, that. but with
3: a belly. Yep. It was the, the clothes. Was really what. I think was the biggest issue with me. Was Especially just when you,
4: because when you're not wearing maturity clothes, you basically just feel like a fat person trying to like put on
3: mm-hmm. pants. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough.
1: Well, two things come up for me when I hear all of that. One, anyone listening with – clothes market savviness, you have a huge (laughs) opportunity right now. Someone is going to listen to this and jump on. And I feel Mallory, but by the time, if you choose to get pregnant again, it will be a different experience. So I'm going to put that out there and manifest that for you. And then the other thing is just the different expressions of pregnancy and how to what you said, you know, some friends or family couldn't picture you pregnant or saw you as a pregnant woman and still couldn't really picture you pregnant. I think by sharing your story like you are, it creates this amazing opportunity to see the variations and the beauty of pregnancy and how it, how it unfolds.
4: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. It was, I mean
4: like the actual, and like, it was great. I mean like you were wonderful pregnant. Like we, like the, when it was like the two of us together, it was great. It was just, a lot of, um, input from the outside world on, um, what pregnant people should look like and what pregnancy should look like and how it should go as opposed to like our family structure and what that looks like.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's shift a little bit into birthing time. And once we knew that was happening, so we're preparing for home birth, but then, what would a, a birth story be with some, <laughs> some twists and turns and some monkey oh, wrenches? Yeah. So just walk us through that as best as you can.
4: Um, so our 37 week appointment um, was great. We rented an aqua doula, um, which was nice because we, it was January when you would do. Um, and we weren't sure how long the labor would be. And the aqua doula has a heating element. So we knew that the water would stay warm. So we rented an aqua doula um, what is that? His, like, by the way. Set up in our living room. Um, the midwife came to do like the 37 week check. Make sure we had like our birth kit and supplies. Um, checked the baby's position. He was perfect. Head down. Beautiful. Um, we didn't know if he was a boy or a girl. Yep. We didn't find out. So, um, the, but they checked uh, baby's position. We were cleared for our home birth, and that was great. Um, and we had, we were very. Um, aware of positioning through the whole thing. We had taken a bratley class. Um, we had our doula who does a bunch of spinning babies. Um, we had the exercise ball here, which he basically lived on. Um, and we really wanted to ensure like um, that he was head down and in a good um, like anterior mm-hmm. position, like good and set for birth. Um, we, were, we were very um, deliberate with that.
3: And then 38 weeks rolled around, and um, our second midwife, who missed our 37-week appointment, came by to check and just do her own thing. And a couple days prior to that, we were at Amy's parents' house, and I was having some pretty gnarly contractions, um, you know, Braxton mix, whatever. And um, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, your belly looks like it's changed shape. And I was like, know, oh, maybe. I mean, I'm getting close to my due date. Well, we came to find out from the midwife that, um, he had actually flipped breech. each well, she had thought he had flipped and she couldn't find the head. So she sent us for an ultrasound and they did confirm that he was in fact transverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went to a full breach. Yeah, he was
4: transverse, And so we thought, okay, maybe we can get him to flip back down, um, You know, since his his head was kind of at your hip. Um, And we thought we felt what would be a flip back to like the um, cephalic, like vertex position. And so we had our midwife come on Christmas Eve, I think it was. And she felt and she was like, I'm really sorry, Mallory, but like this up here is a head. Um, And it was like up in her ribs. So we're like, okay, that was not the direction that we wanted. Baby, the breach. Baby in
3: Ohio. I mean, it automatically disqualifies you for home birth, and you're pretty much done. Like, you're, you're. It's pretty much a C-section. That's that's where you are. They won't deliver breach.
4: We um our, our midwife doesn't do breach for first time birth. She would be able to refer us to. She said that there was a midwife who would deliver breach, but she wasn't terribly comfortable with it, and then we could also like she could refer us to some doctors for like a gentle kind of cesarean or, um, uh, external cephalic version. Um, you know, she was trying to give us options, but it looked it, it was hard to like, you know, have everything prepared for this like beautiful home birth, um, and have it all like checked out and then just like last minute, um, baby flips.
3: Yeah. So we
4: did a bunch of acupuncture, um, chiropractic. It was all around Christmas. So we were just like throwing things at it and hoping that something would take and the baby would flip. Doing
3: handstands and and an indoor pool.
4: We did, uh, like hypnotherapy. We had, um, a doula that does hypnobirthing and hypnotherapy come by and she did some like breech flip stuff and, um, gave us like a lot of like, um, hypnobirthing tracks on flipping, um a malpositioned baby, um, which was really great. Um, we met a lot of like really nice people through the process, um, and like grew our birth team exponentially just for like outside people, because I mean, there were so many people at that point involved. Um, but it was, um, New Year's Eve and he was still, uh, breached. So we decided that we would, um, we went into an OB, I decided that obviously he wasn't so wasn't looking with the baby was going to flip back, so we um, went to schedule um, an external cephalic version on January 2nd um, to see if we could get him to flip.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, since I mean I was we didn't schedule it earlier because we were very we were we thought since he flipped breech so late that we could get him to flip back without having to do a medical intervention. But since that hasn't worked, we decided, like, one last ditch effort is we'll, we'll try and get, have a doctor, like, flip him. Um, and then, do you want to start with the birth?
3: Oh, yeah, I can. Do you want me to start with the birth?
1: That would be awesome. Uh, did you, I just to clarify, what you scheduled is basically, like, a medically interventioned flip. Is that correct? Like, how I heard that? Yeah. Okay, cool.
3: Yes. Yeah. So yeah, basically we go in and it took it, 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 a team of doctors. They basically just like
4: push on your stomach and like yeah, just physically flip yeah. the baby.
3: Yeah. Oof!
2: Wow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that was the thirty first. We went in to schedule it for the second. So I, it was around something then. around that. Um, I woke up at five a.m. pretty much on the dot on the first of January. Um, with cramps. And I was like, hmm, not sure if this is labor or not. It was um, labor. I'm going to do- go back to bed and, and see. Because, you know, Braxton Hicks, you walk, you eat, you sleep, and then if it goes away, it's, it's not actual labor. Well, I woke up at 8, it was labor. So... Um,
4: and you were having contractions every about 8 minutes.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Um, and you were leaking some fluid, mm-hmm. and we were just like, okay, well... Yeah, so they're gonna have to flip in tomorrow. Like, yes,
3: yeah, so whoop. we talked <laughs> to our team of midwives, we talked to our doula. Um, they actually got in contact with the OB office in the hospital, um, that we were gonna have to go to on the second, and they were able to get us in on the first, but it wasn't gonna be until later. So we did the putsy putsy part of pregnancy, we hung out around the house, mm-hmm. um, it was the first. So we actually we went to Amy's parents' house on inactive labor. Um, we go to Amy's parents' house and we ate, ate at lunch.
4: We had and pork and
3: sauerkraut.
4: I called my mom. And, and, yeah, I called my mom and I was like, "Hey, so um, Mallory's in labor, but like we're still going to be there. Like, see you at <laughs> noon." Um, <laughs> she was like, "What?" Yeah, uh, and that was fun. yeah.
3: Um, but yeah.
4: having um, a doula and like our birth team was really um, it. it there was so much support in more ways than we anticipated because they would do the doctor calls. Um, they would work with the hospital for scheduling and they were the ones that would ultimately like that, that got us into the OV practice and that got us into the hospital and that would let people mm-hmm. know we were coming. Um, so we didn't have to worry about any of that. We yeah. just let them know what was going on and they just told us like when to be and like where. Yeah, yeah. the O B yeah. office
3: that they Yeah, the O B office they hooked us up with was actually um pretty home birth friendly, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, it was about 3.30, I think, mm-hmm. on the first we got into the hospital. We met our doula there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we discussed the options of the E V C Yeah, EDC, ECD, EDC, EDC. And um, uh, we we ultimately decided that I would, uh, despite everything that I wanted, um, I needed an epidural, um, which was not ideal but your uterus was contracting and they wanted to to relax a little bit so that they could work with the baby. Um, And in the event that they couldn't flip him and I, for bump is what we called him at the time. Yeah. They couldn't flip bump. uh, Then I would have to go in basically for an emergency C section then. Um, So the epidural was just a better option than having to be put under um, if something went awry. And they
4: really didn't think they, prepped us a lot for yeah. not flipping him because yeah. you had an anterior placenta. Mm-hmm. Um, you were like 39 and a half weeks mm-hmm. and you were measuring large. So they yeah. thought it was a pretty big baby
3: um, or like, you know, an average size baby. Yeah. I don't know. But I had I had almost double the normal amount of fluid, of amniotic fluid. So there was some room for him to, to move around in there a little bit. Um, so they got us all prepped. Um, doctors came in. They explained what they were going to do. Couldn't feel a thing, which was nice. Well, the epidural part was Yeah, the epidural was pretty rough. Um, For anybody who hasn't had an epidural, they're not fun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, so they came in, and they tried a couple times to flip him. Um, Then they were unsuccessful, and we were pretty much, at this point I had made peace with with the cesarean, um, it was a few days prior, and I was like, you know, this is probably what's going to happen. And I was pretty much at peace with it. And then our doula had um, recommended them invert the bed so that my head was down and my hips were up so they could drop his butt out of my hips and have a better chance. And we all held our breath. Everybody was watching.
4: They, there. they got a
3: good stance. And, and uh, they really
4: push on yeah, that belly, yeah, like, full do. body weight, like, on wow. top of you. Um,
3: and all of a sudden? Yeah, just, like, the belly shifted. I saw it move, and they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> he he Yeah, and they, like, wow. got that. He was
4: like, well, he um, like, well, didn't say it at first. He was like, oh, oh. And then he was like, hold, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, got the ultrasound, and he was like, "That's a head. That's, like, the, oh. like And everybody, I think, was very surprised that yeah. he flipped. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I text our birth photographer.
3: Yeah. But so just like that, our our chances of a home birth were back up. We wow. were, the doctor, he's like, honestly, he's like, you know, I, I want to induce you now. And he's like, I want to, i not induced because I'm already in labor, but. Well, he, he said wanted he'd wanted like to, to break, break your water. water and he wanted to get this thing going. And he's like, but I have a feeling that's not in cards for you. And I said, nope, I'm going home. So they allowed me to wean off the epidural. Which? in active labor was contractions three to four minutes apart wow. the midwife
4: at the hospital was texting with our midwife mm-hmm. and they were kind of like in cahoots with me we were keeping mallory in the dark it's, our midwife was like i'm not sure she should be off the epidural like the midwife at the, the hospital really was texting so. her like she's contracting every three to four minutes like i'm not sure she'll be able to handle the pain once it's back um because you know usually you you build up to the pain tolerance like if you just have contractions suddenly mm-hmm. um that it's not as easy yeah. to get back into like the the pace with them
1: yeah um absolutely
4: i mean that's so, like being
1: thrown on a treadmill and it's going at like 10 miles an hour and you haven't been yeah, running it's so, like exactly. go
4: exactly <laughs> that's what it felt like <laughs> exactly but i mean we were we had you know our sights really just set on the home birth and the fact that he flipped
3: it was like we gotta try. Yep. Um, we, had to, we had to try it. We had we had put so much effort into it and it was it was what we wanted to do. And we had this space set up and it was beautiful and um and yeah, so uh they took the epidural out and as soon as I was able to walk to the bathroom and use the bathroom I was cleared to go home.
4: Um, our doula was like, I've never done this. Because <laughs> we were walking to the elevator to go down and out to our car. And she would, like, stop in the hallway and have a contraction in mm-hmm. sway. way. And we were, like, yep. she was like, I've never just, like, left the hospital like this. With somebody an accident, And yeah. we, like, loaded up the car. I was driving. Like, Mallory was like, is this a ridiculous decision? Like, we're currently leaving the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but...
1: Wow. I have always, to imagine as you were leaving, people were like, um, no, you're going the wrong way. You're supposed to be
3: going back <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. We, got, we got some interesting looks from, like, the night security guard okay. and stuff. I mean, we left. It was around 11 when we uh-huh. left, so it was pretty late. And
4: it was always interesting because even in the Bradley class um, – we were like, man, we did this wrong. Cause um, she was like, we'd leave the Bradley class and she was like, I'd be a great coach. And I'm like, I'd be an amazing birther. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were driving home and Mallory's like mid contraction, like you're doing a great job driving, honey. Like, <laughs> like, great. You're doing so good. And I'm like, you're doing
3: you're a great job good. not hitting those
4: balls. Yeah. she's just like, <laughs> you're just <laughs> so great. You're doing so great. And I'm like, you're in labor. Like, <laughs> thank you but i'm not doing anything i'm just driving
3: yeah um yeah so we left and we were on our way home at that point so we tried for the home birth <laughs> so we got home
4: um built like i started filling up the birth tub uh mile went upstairs took, shower. We took a shower um it. yeah I was working our doula was up there with her um our doula alerted the birth team so our photographer got here um and then our main midwife, and then eventually later, her second midwife. So our birth team was um, our two midwives, um, our doula, and our birth photographer. Um, and yeah, so labored through the night, um, a very long night. It
3: was a long night. Yeah. Uh,
4: because, you know, usually in the first stages of labor, you'd want to sleep, and we didn't have that luxury. Um, we slept in the beginning, but then we had a full day of trying to flip a baby. Um, so really like we got home, your contractions were every three minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were just in it, um, after a long day and just all night, um, you were in and out of the tub. Um, I think we did on
3: every surface in the house. Um,
4: (laughs) we did, I think we did like absolutely every position you could labor in. Um, like, shower, birth tub, hands and knees. Mm -hmm. Um, We did, like, the labor dance. We did, like, rocking. We had a birth ball. Um, Our doula had, like, an extra-large peanut ball, which kind of made for, like, you could get into, like, an assisted squat with Mm it. Um, Yeah, it was... So, we we just went for it. Wow. And then the, um, you know, the night, the sun rose, which was really nice, because towards the end of the night you're really exhausted and it's dark but the sun came up and it was kind of like a, a, a new day yeah it was like a breath of energy and so we just kept kept going kept trucking. um and you labored very well
3: um, yeah. they checked me and I was a seven stretchy seven stretchy seven and then I continued to labor for a few more hours um they checked me again. Because you were feeling pushy. In the top. I was feeling pushy, yeah. And um, the, the contractions were just one on top of another, on top of another. They just, I felt like I was like in a 25-minute long contraction. It was, it was hmm. insane. And uh, they checked me, and I was at a nine. And a half. You had a little yeah. lip. Yeah, I was at a nine with like a, a partial lip. So still wasn't quite time to push. But the problem was is that he hadn't dropped.
4: Um. And we were doing some spinning baby stuff to try and get him down, like put like we were doing some stuff during contractions to try and get like his head engaged um so different exercises and different techniques to try and like drop
3: him down, but yeah. it was not it did not work, and um after almost two days of what was about forty no about thirty some odd hours thirty six I think yeah. yeah, um, we decided that. It, it wasn't going to happen at home. He just, he wasn't dropping. Um, I wasn't making any progress. Anything. And the night, it was getting dark again. I, yeah, it was getting dark. I hadn't oh,
4: slept. Wow. I hadn't eaten anything since lunch
0: okay. on the
2: first. So this is the second um, now. We're, You're we're, going we're, to the evening of the yeah, second.
3: Yeah, we're, we're, we're rounding the third, yeah.
4: Yeah, so. evening of the second. And since she, she was, she didn't, so she had lunch. Um, and then we did the version. And by the time we got back from the version, you basically weren't, um, hungry. Yeah. So I was trying to kind of feed her like bites of like honey sticks and some peanut butter. We were trying to get fluids in her, but the active labor part was just so forceful for so long. Um, and you were just running on empty. Yeah.
3: So we wound up transferring for exhaustion. Um, they were ready for us when we got there.
4: We didn't have to triage. Um, they just took us straight into a labor and delivery room.
2: It's the same hospital.
3: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Same hospital. We wound up actually having the same doctor, um, which was nice. But, um, yeah, our whole birth team went with us. Um, uh, while we were there, you know, we broke the water, got the epidural, trying to get some sleep. Um, epidural didn't work. Yeah, the epidural wound up failing. They put it in too far and it became more of a spinal block and I would a medicine really fast. So, um, it just, so they had to redo the epidural at about 2.15 in the morning. Um, that one took, and he just I still hadn't made any progress, so I was still at a nine. Uh, he hadn't dropped at all. Um they broke my water, there was meconium present. Um, I was starting to get a fever. Which they were actually very good at the hospital. Yeah, so
4: were. the meconium wasn't was a non issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they let her labor for twelve hours yeah. without any progress. Mm-hmm. Um and they didn't suggest they had they didn't suggest any kind of intervention. They just like let you
3: do you. Yeah. Um Yeah, it wasn't until the very end that they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, uh, they were really great there. The the very end, though, they wanted to do an intrauterine monitor where they just put something up through their monitor contractions to make sure they're strong enough to bring the baby down since I hadn't progressed. And um, they were talking about the tocin. And at this point, I mean, we're going on almost two days straight of of this. And so I I made everybody leave. We woke Amy up. I was um, sleeping in the birth tub. She was. Um, so they, we woke everybody up. Um, everybody left. Uh, Amy and I had the conversation. I explained to her what was going on because I had been asleep through all of this. Yeah, and um, told her exactly what had happened. And I said, "They're not putting anything else up. Man, I'm tired of this. It's going to be safer to get him out oh, no. now than to continue to do this monitoring." My water group broke twelve hours.
4: We could. I also knew, like, I mean, looking back on it, I know, like. This had to be what it was, because I did not think that the Pitocin would... He had been handling, like, natural contractions very well, but it would have been 48 hours, and I just didn't think that the Pitocin would be very good for yeah. either of them. Um, I just... I I figured it just mess him up. Yeah. Like, if the contractions weren't as strong, um, then there's probably a reason for that, and we probably shouldn't,
3: like, force that. Yeah. Um, so, we decided... To, well, I decided to have the C-section. I said we're going to get them out now. Um, it's going to be better for everybody. Um, and Amy agreed, so we brought everybody back and we let them know what was going on. And um, yeah, we went in. I was um, because I had slept
4: so hard in such a short period. I was super shaky, and then the adrenaline and the nerves. I actually, there was a time where they didn't think I'd make it into the OR. I was, like, about to vomit, and the doula was giving me, like, peppermint drops that you usually give laboring moms for nausea. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, like, my entire body was shaking, and, like, everything was fuzzy, and I was, like, holding, like, I was, like, 100% sure I was going to vomit. Yeah, but they they but me and and yeah, the Julie gave me some crackers and some peppermint drops and got me in working order. Um, So, yeah, and then they took her and prepped her and the OR was um, it was very bright. It was like being outside. Um, I remember, like, because when I walked in, I just remember thinking like it was such like a bright white light, like, but it wasn't like stark. It was like being outside on a really sunny day. it was, like, almost pretty, uh, and yeah, but, yeah. the doctors, it was the same the same doctors that had flipped them. The, the two doctors that had flipped them were the ones that were there. Um, everyone was super nice, um, and the procedure was pretty um, quick, not, not too bad. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about that.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, it was just, they didn't have to suction him out or anything. Um, they pretty much just opened me up, and there he was. Um, so, they brought him out. and nowhere, dropped,
4: near, nowhere near your pelvis. Nowhere near my pelvis. He hadn't dropped at
3: all. Um, so, they dropped the curtain down. and we got to announce the sex of the baby since he didn't know, and that was a big moment. Um, mm-hmm. We cried, and they took him to the warmer to make sure he was okay, and then we were immediate skin-to-skin skin and wheeled off to the recovery room. Yeah, um even our our midwife was there in recovery and she was like where's the baby and it was like oh he's right here because
4: he's Mm -hmm. like he was just on um mallory's chest from like they checked him out um nine pounds eight ounces um and he was just on her chest um so just skin to skin and they wheeled you into um recovery like that and then they actually um wheeled us into like the maternity ward like that Mm -hmm. so he was skin to skin for hours hours yeah Yeah. that's awesome
2: that's great
1: yeah that you guys (laughs) that all of it just wow um Mallory how was healing and recovery for you in those first few days and I mean even now you're you're still just like what nine weeks postpartum? But you know how yeah. are you feeling, and how was that experience?
3: Um, I'm feeling really good um, today. Great. Like uh, I'm, I'm having a really good day. I've been having a, a, some really good days the past couple of days. But um, initially in the hospital, because I mean, as soon as the epidural wears off and the pain meds wear off, and you know um, they they take the catheter out, you then like you're up. Like they it's that same day, they have you up. They have you walking. Um, you know, you have to use the bathroom on your own. Um, it's, it's, it was, it was a lot. Um, it was very painful to get in and out of bed cause you can't use your ab muscles cause they, you know, they cut through those tissues and they sever those nerves to, to do the cesarean. So, um, it was tough. The The first couple of days was really tough. I couldn't get up out of bed to get him out of the bassinet. Um, thankfully, you know, owning our own business, Amy was able to take, um, some good time off so she never left the hospital she was there you know day in day out for the three days that we had to stay there um, and then she was home with me for two weeks after um, so the hospital was really tough I couldn't uh, breastfeeding was hard um, just because you know the cesarean your milk comes in a little bit later um, so we had to stuff with formula but um, yeah so it was it was tough um, we got home, and uh, every day got a little bit better. Um, by two weeks postpartum, I was folding laundry. Um, and I was to, Well, yeah, but I'm <laughs> and, um, stubborn, And, yeah, I was able to pick him up finally and, you know, walk him around a little bit. And um, it was nice. So every day's a little bit better. Yeah, I'm almost 10 weeks postpartum, 10 weeks on Wednesday. Wow. And uh, I'm feeling really good, feeling really good. The scars healed. The incision's healed now. It's just a scar. So I'm starting to regain the feeling in my stomach and um, everything. And
4: yeah, because the nerves were cut, though. It kind of had that, like, it was like a numb pain. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So, but other than that, I mean, everything's been going really well. I I really can't complain. I mean, we've got this beautiful baby boy here. Um, so we didn't get the home birth we wanted, but. Which is I mean, hard. Yeah, uh, it, was, it, was, it was tough to, to digest in the beginning, but. Um, getting Getting better. Yeah. He's here, he's healthy, I'm healthy, and that's all that we can really ask for. Yeah. yeah. It's wow. I mean,
4: it's tough. It's tough to not have things go as planned, but it's sort of like, as soon as labor hits, I mean, it's like, the universe is at work, and you just kind of are on for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just, like, deal with, like, it as it comes, but there's only so much you can do to, like, change it. It's kind of, once it's in motion, it just, yeah. just happens. Um
1: Yeah. And I mean, I have to say just hearing the whole story, I mean, it speaks to who you both are as women, as mamas, as partners, the amazing team you assembled and everything you did to lead up to the experience to create it. I mean, shoot, if you are to plan for a home birth and not have it go home birth, it sounds like everything just unfolded like you said, the universe is at work and everyone was well. You know, everyone's favor was being taken into account. You know, the care you received sounds outstanding. I just think, yeah. you know, mamas out there need to hear examples of stories like this that, you know, you can aim and plan and, you know, uh, vision what you want to experience. And then if it does go a different way, like you can have this experience too. Like you can carry the essence of that intention through the whole thing, even though the location Mm -hmm. might be different. So I just really, I want to acknowledge the both of you for that, that it's, it's just beautiful to hear how it unfolded. And, and on the other end, you know, Amy, you were saying that you would still like to experience a home birth, you know, when you carry and if, you know, mm-hmm. Mallory, again, potentially a, a H back. I mean, that yeah, that's mm-hmm. still what you guys would like to experience, right? Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. I, I actually think that this experience, um, like solidified home birth more. That's so um, cool. Even, even more so than it was before, because the like experiencing natural labor and just seeing it, it like it just felt so like mm-hmm. normal and like a part of life. And you know, step by step, like when we needed to transfer, it was very like non-urgent. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they recommended it, I was like, "No, we don't need to do that yet." But it was like, "Oh, we do." Like this is the part where we transfer mm-hmm. because it was just such a like an easy transition. Mm-hmm. And our midwife really um, even before birthing time started was very much like, I know this isn't like how your plan looks. Um, but she was the one who was very much like, just because you are are looking at interventions doesn't mean, um, you, you have to like go full force. You can still carry the intent of a home birth with you. Um, she was, she had said, you know, a lot of people when they're looking at, um, you know, their plan's not going right. They just, you Know, jump right into well, I'll just get you know, Pitocin and epidural, like, and they just dive headfirst into interventions. And she wanted to, you know, let it be known that you don't just have to do that, just because you're out of hospital or because you transfer, you can still carry the intent and the idea of birth, um, mm-hmm. and that and how natural it is with you along for that. Um, just because you need some interventions doesn't mean that, um, you just have to like then completely let it be medicalized. Mm. Um, so she had kind of like set that seed even before labor had started um, and really let our birth team helped us um, carry that through. But yeah, it, I mean, home birth for sure is, um, and you know, yeah, we love our birth <laughs> team. Um, and it was like, yeah, it was really wonderful to watch Mallory labor. Um, and it was, um, just so normal to watch Mm -hmm. um it wasn't ever like i felt like i was like watching her in pain or that i needed to help it um it was just like we just like wrote it out the only time i like didn't like it was like the recovery of the cesarean it was very hard to watch her in that kind of pain um but the labor was just um you know just like riding the waves and taking it as it comes and. Um, was
2: really um, powerful to watch. Mm. Well, you both are amazing. You all are awesome, and you assembled
3: Thanks.
2: quite the crew. And uh, I personally absolutely love the photos from your birth from Milk Thank and Hannah. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, I, I've been checking them out He's on.
3: Loving.
2: Yeah, like these are these are incredible. So we're gonna put links to 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 this page and um, to the Milk and Hannah to your birth story on the Milk and Hannah website and yeah, um, yeah put some photos on on our site cuz these are outstanding absolutely
4: yeah she's an amazing person and an amazing photographer mm. so
1: yeah yeah so i'm curious i have to ask this question before we wrap up have you talked about plans for when you will get pregnant amy or are we just like wait you know is that on pause for a second and just enjoying the sebastian oxytocin bubble <laughs>
4: Oh uh, yeah, we, we definitely are doing that. It's it's almost like anytime I don't have him like directly in my face, I just like, I have like, it's just such baby fever. Uh, but, like, only he can, only he can cure it if he's like really, really close to me. But otherwise I'm like, oh, like babies. Um, and our, like our entire birth team was like, I feel like you're just going to get pregnant like immediately, but we are going to wait. Um, I think, yeah, so, um. So the, they're about like two years apart would be the hope, so mm. we're gonna wait at least a year. Um, so we're looking at maybe trying um uh, in April or May of next year um, mm. and enjoy it, Sebastian as an only child absolutely um, for a bit, but it is um we're we're both itching for for more of it
3: yeah.
4: mm. <laughs> but but it's um. I mean, Sebastian's a great baby. We were originally just thinking that Mallory would have one and I would have one, and we got home with Sebastian, and I was like, I could do, like, 12 of him. I love him so much. Like, I could, like, he was such a good baby and, like, eats like a champ, and, you know, I was just like, oh, like, we could just, we could have so many of him. Um, And, you know, we... um, since Mallory's breastfeeding now, we're going to try and like end up carrying that over so that like the next baby we can both feed, um, and so on and so forth. Um,
1: very cool. So hopefully,
4: um, we'll be able to co nurse um, and like tandem nurse, um, once I have like milk as well. Oh my God. Um, That's that's, so
1: cool. Yeah. Matthew, why can't you do that? (laughs) I know.
4: I know. Um, we couldn't do that with Sebastian. Um, just because I like getting a, a a woman to lactate that's never carried is a bit more tricky. Yeah. So we decided that, um, that it will just be um, when I have a kid, um, then um, I could actually like nurse Sebastian then, which mm-hmm. is something to look forward to. Um, and then Mallory will be able to help and then, you know, so on and so forth. So we'll be able to uh, to team up on that. Mm-hmm
1: that's um, really cool that. that's yeah. man, an
4: that's, extra an extra benefit of having two moms
1: oh for exactly. sure you got the power that's of two uteruses going
4: lots of baby food
1: oh so. i love <laughs> it you guys are so great um I appreciate you so much. Just your whole story, everything you have to keep us posted on just how you guys are doing. But then yeah. also when you do get pregnant again, we want to talk to you about that and the whole oh, yeah. other journey. Um, just again, Amy Mallory and Sebastian, cause he's been such a great sport hanging out with us.
4: Yeah. He's, he's been a uh, very, very well behaved. So good yeah, job, buddy. Awesome. <laughs> well,
2: thank you all so much for joining us.
4: Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate uh, being able to get our story out there and um, just talk to you too.